to Ramble. I'm Desiree. I'm speaking with Gray Jabesi. He runs a YouTube channel and a podcast called Hardcore Crypto. And he's mostly going to be interviewing me in this video, but we're going back and forth about the cryptocurrency space, investing, and the kind of personalities that are in the space. Enjoy. So what I would like to talk about now is, you know, the whole the whole thing of bringing guests and get to talk about, oh, what is your Bitcoin story? It is a little, it, it's a little outplayed right now. You know, it's played out. So what I want to talk about now is um, what are the opportunities that are available for people right now in cryptocurrency? Because the story of Bitcoin has been you invest money and you get rich, you know, which worked for a lot of people who invested earlier, right? There's probably still opportunity for people now, but I think the game has been evolving. There was some the time for ICOs. If you were early on that, you more likely, you know, uh, got well or well off and profited from that. And now it's a different chapter again for crypto, different market conditions. So what we want to discuss now is what are the opportunities that are there that people aren't paying attention, but they they exist. But before we get into that. I mean, it's not hard for you because you are you have an income stream from crypto-related activities, right? So not a big one, but a little bit, yes. Okay, sure. So th those are the things that we want to explore. But maybe we can figure out some things together uh, while we talk about it. Uh, but before we get into that, let's talk about how you got into crypto yourself quickly, and then we jump to the main subject. Okay, so uh, we are kind of going with the, the Bitcoin story a little bit, but it's like a part of everyone's story that's involved in uh, the crypto space. Mm. Well, I first heard about uh, cryptocurrencies, uh, I think in 2014, uh, from a podcaster that I listened to, and I bought myself one Bitcoin, I think it was like between 200 and $300, I'm not quite sure. And then I was just going to leave it you know, but then I had to pay my rent one month uh, when I was in college. And so I took it out. So that was like my first introduction to Bitcoin. Um, and then I forgot about it until like June of 2017, when everybody started talking about it. And I was like, oh, yeah, that thing. And I um, Tried to get myself some more Bitcoin, um, but I won't go into any details. And also, uh, altcoins were on the rise, so I looked into a few of them. You know, like Ethereum, Dash. I, like, there's so many different ones. Like Salt was a thing. They were doing so many ICOs at the time that, that there was always something new. And I didn't have a lot of money, but any spare income I had from the job I was in at the time. I tried to, you know, get some. Um, and then towards the end of 2017, I had someone who was an advisor on a, a cryptocurrency project called Particle, and they built a, a decentralized private marketplace. Right. Asked me if I wanted to do some content for that project because he'd seen some of my work. Um, my, I make videos more pol political on another channel and I was like, hey, if you, if you want to, you know, make some content, that would be good. It might not have been video, it might have been writing. And I said, yeah, sure, I'm interested in privacy. I was like already pretty much into that. And uh, I I no longer work um, 
directly for the project, but I'm still a part of the community and do things uh, for them. So that's how I got involved in the cryptocurrency space. I did a lot of um, teaching myself of how things work, like what is cryptography specifically, first of all, and then, you know, what's a blockchain? How does that work? How does a blockchain work with Bitcoin? And what are different kinds of alternative currencies out, out there? And one of the articles that I did was talking about how a lot of altcoins aren't actually um, uncoupled from Bitcoin in terms of their price movement. It's a sign that the space really isn't very mature at all. Like people don't look into projects for the project themselves um, and they don't have their own isolated economies that have to do with whatever value they're providing to people. They just follow like in general Bitcoin's price movement, which says a lot about the space. Like if you think of each coin as its own value proposition, they're all kind of saying the same thing, which means that they're not actually that differentiated yet. And boom and crash, uh, we'll very slowly start to see certain projects emerge. Um, some of them will be going off of the inertia of marketing during the ICO wave, and that will help them in the long run. But we'll definitely have to see projects like actually provide value to people and not just be hyped because oh cool new technology marketing terms yeah. no. okay um, <laughs> th that is good to know <clears throat> so i think there's a missing piece here in your story you did not you missed the point yeah. where you bought lots of bitcoin for 200 dollars. that part you didn't really share Oh, well, I don't really remember it. It's years ago. Like it, it's, I, I only I bought mean, what, one. How, how did you, you know, how I, did you, how did you accumulate hundred bitcoins? I, I don't remember. I went on an exchange and I signed up. I got, I think I must have gotten, I don't remember if I had my own, I don't think I had my own wallet. Pretty sure I didn't. So I think it was just on an exchange. I like got something. I don't, I don't at all remember what exchange it was. I don't really remember anything, but I know I had so, got, got one and I, what, what people afterwards. what people are interested <laughs> to know now is how how many yeah. bitcoins you got was is it 40 100 because i'm not gonna say that <laughs> that's, that's personal that, that that's not something i would share with the call with you or the, the callers really <laughs> so. okay you're trying to keep your privacy okay then maybe you should yeah. share how much how many uh particle coins do you own I, I also wouldn't share that either. That, that's also private. Um, that's just something between me and myself, really. That's the power of crypto, right? But you can, even your yeah. banker doesn't know that. Yeah. I mean, depends on the coin. Um, like, I mean, that's something to talk about. I care about privacy and Bitcoin is not fungible. Um, that means that it, you can trace the transaction history so you can kind of tell because there's always a fiat on and off ramp when someone goes to an exchange and they they give their credit card details to get themselves some coin you can trace back to uh trace back specific addresses bitcoin addresses to individuals uh there's a company called uh chain analysis that does it for lots of federal agencies in the u.s at least and i, I guess probably other mm. other countries in the world if not now in the future they will um so it depends on the cryptocurrency and it depends on how you use it. Like if for Bitcoin, you create new addresses every time. And if you use a mixer, you can help 
someone with that uh, with having privacy, even though you're using Bitcoin, so it doesn't link back to your existing accounts or addresses that are already linked to your real world identity. Um, and then there are specific privacy coins like Particle or Monero, Dash, um, PIVX, uh, Zcoin, Zcash. There are lots of different kinds. And I have my I had, I have um, a book called. I had, a, I had a podcast with uh, Ruben Yap from Zcoin. Some cool guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah Ruben is cool. So um, I was going to say, you, I have a book called. Sorry. You have a, you have a what? A book? A, yeah, a book called The Privacy Coin Guide that goes into like what different privacy coins are um, and how the technologies work. But my point is that you had said that um, that's the power of crypto, but it depends on how you use it. Not every cryptocurrency does grant you privacy. And that's something to keep yeah, in mind. And I, I wasn't specifically talking about privacy, but I was talking about oh. the power uh, kind of sovereignty. You become your own. Uh, if you, just by holding bitcoins, you're actually your own bank. Technically, you can you control you you ride the rules. After that, so there is traceability from the on to the off ramp. But once you on ramp yourself into crypto, whether it's bitcoin or whatever, you become the boss. Then, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. As long as you're yeah. not you're not holding your crypto on on, uh, on custodian exchanges or custodial yeah. wallets. Yeah, you're, you're certainly right um, about that. And that's this idea of self-sovereignty, I think, is really important. I think a lot of people get it, but a lot of people don't get what it could do. And the way the cryptocurrency space is shaping up, it's as if people are abandoning that for convenience, which isn't surprising um, because with great power comes great responsibility and you might feel safer trusting professionals meaning just people who i guess understand the technology enough or have thought it important enough to teach themselves the fundamentals the technical fundamentals to use cryptocurrency at its utmost power which is being your own bank having self-sovereignty like you said but for some people that's that's too much work um like peter schiff claimed he lost his Bitcoin the other day, which he didn't. And um, because there was a custodian wallet that was holding his coins, you know, he's probably fine. And I think for someone like me, I don't want that. I'm into the dream of being my own bank and knowing how important that is uh, to have currencies that are not just cryptocurrencies, but separate from states, because you can have state-issued or centralized cryptocurrencies as well, even though that's mm. not what, how Bitcoin started off as. So, yeah, it's it's the power of cryptocurrency, self-sovereignty. Yeah, um, so let's go back to the main subject for today, which is the opportunities in cryptocurrency. Um, what do you see right now that's going on? Because I'm based in Africa right now, Mm-hmm. And there is a lot of scams and uh, trade. The main, the big things that people tend to to jump on that much is uh, investment platforms, which none of them is real, by the way. They're all scams. Or they could uh, try to jump on, say, trading, right? Which most people cannot do because they're lazy to actually do the work of learning and to understand uh, the concept of it, really. But also just by design, you know, it's like, it's almost like gambling. 
a lot gotta lose for a few to win, right? Uh, so, and, and before that, during the ICO, there was um, promises. So the ICO company, there were some coins that you don't even know that the, who goes to Asia or to Africa and sell the idea that the coin that they're coming up with is better than Bitcoin because of X, Y, and Z. I can give you an example of uh, carrot bars. It's one of them that's so popular here right now. So I could I could bet that you have more people with carrot bars in Africa than maybe with people with actual Bitcoin. I could actually make that bet because you know you can speak to a lot of people and they'll be like, ah, oh, you know, I invested in carrot bars because it's backed by gold. Bitcoin is is useless and all that. So meaning that they don't really mm -hmm. spend a lot of time to figure out what their value proposition is. But, but you know, these people are looking for opportunities in the realm of cryptocurrencies. It's a new thing. Uh, I could make the money, but then they don't know. So for you, in your experience, what are the opportunities that you see now that uh, maybe are, are being overlooked? Um, this is a difficult question to answer. When you first said, I was like, that's, that's a really hard question to answer. Um, and I'm going to get a little bit philosophical in my response. So... You said people are being lazy, <laughs> like trying yes. to get, yeah, not, not taking time to educate themselves, etc. If you, I mean, I am would not describe myself as a wealthy person or a rich person. However, that's extremely relative, as most people outside of, say, the states or first world countries know. And um, I would say the first thing to think is that you you don't get anything quickly. Like nothing's nothing of like real value is going to come into your life because you're trying to take a shortcut. You're trying to like just like get ahead of other people without specifically providing value uh, to other people. And so the first thing I would say you need to do if you're looking for opportunity is to take the time to educate yourself. You have to invest in that knowledge within yourself first and foremost, even if it's not some in the immediate gain that you're looking for. Um, so that. This whole space be about scams. I have so many people emailing me all the time. I just figured out how to turn it off on, on Telegram. You know, like offering me something or coming on my channel, which is so small and making comments about how this and this guy helped them. If, <laughs> if you want to yeah, invest, <laughs> you can find out about a coin. And I mean, I don't really... I think it's difficult to predict which coins are going to do well. So I'm, I think it's important to diversify. Like that's like a big principle in investing is if you want to lower your risk, you diversify and you don't put all your eggs into one basket. Um, instead of, if you don't want to teach yourself how to trade, then and you're going to have to teach yourself about which coins to invest in. And uh, the biggest thing I could say, and someone asked me that on my channel recently, like, oh, what would you invest in, for example, is to uh, diversify. Another thing you could do is to provide some kind of service. So I think it's really difficult, but you could try something like mining. Um, obviously, it would be really difficult to do that with Bitcoin, but there might be some other coin that has mining, but doesn't need as much processing power to get it done. Um, or you can, just like in the traditional world, you could provide some kind of service that someone wants that is related to a blockchain or a cryptocurrency project, um, like, I don't know, marketing, 
or just basic business functions. So I would say like off the top of my head, that's all I can think of is if you're not going to trade, then you have to invest. If you're going to invest, you need to learn fundamentals. And if you're going to invest, it's probably good for you to diversify and spread your risk out. And then you can also just treat the cryptocurrency industry as an industry like any other one and just provide regular business services. And you're going to get funds because you, you do a good job and you provide value to people. But no way, I think, is it going to just come easy and you're, you're just going to get some like kind of quick thing happen. And I think that's like a short term appealing mindset that probably doesn't really work. Right also, I think on. it's unethical to scam people. So <laughs> right on, right on. And you know what? I, I, I tend, I mean, I created a platform after so many messages of like, oh, teach me how to trade. It's like literally somebody will hit me up on Instagram asking me to teach them how to trade on Instagram. It's almost like people think there is a, a secret or a word or a trick that you do for you to, to say to, to make a trade or whatever. So I created. I experimented with creating a platform called cryptouniversity.co.za. I've made a course there for people who want to learn. I put like a lot of good information for trading, you know, with lots of different strategies, easy ones to very extreme difficult ones, right? And it's $50. And you will see that people don't think that they just don't have the, the balls to invest in something like that for themselves to get educated properly and then be aware of what they're doing then they would run away from that and listen to another guy on Twitter or Instagram who DM them and promise them of this platform that would double their money within 48 hours. And then they would deposit a thousand dollars into that and then lose it all. And then they come back to me and like, hey, I got, I got scammed. Uh, how do you think I can get back my Bitcoin? Like, but I told you, all you needed was $50 to just get it right. So I think it's, a, it's also the, uh, the way society is designed of handling responsibility to other people, right? It's almost like the college thing. Uh, a lot of people like to go to college because if they don't get a job or life isn't not well, they can blame that. Oh, I went to college, I have a degree, but I don't have a job, right? So it gives them an excuse almost. Yeah. So they don't want to take self-responsibility to say, play with the money themselves. You know, if you want to trade Bitcoin, do it yourself. They, wanna, they would rather give it to someone else. So people still hit me up and say, can I give you my money and you can trade for me? <laughs> so I think this is a bigger problem. And if that attitude doesn't change, a few billion dollars will be lost in crypto related scams. You know, maybe by the time Bitcoin hits uh, a trillion dollar market cap, I would say maybe $10 billion would be lost in scams. If not, actually, because did you see the one coin scan? No, no. Tell, tell me about it. So it's this woman from, uh, I forgot where she's from, but, you know, she's an, she's an academic and she has also worked in the traditional corporate uh, before. So she came into the space, created a coin, and really she rammed in Asia, claiming that this thing is better than Bitcoin. It's going to change the world. And, you know, a lot of people were investing money into it and then it reached to a point where it collapsed. And then she escaped and nobody really knows where she is. There's a big documentary right now on, on Fusion on YouTube. You should check it out. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's interesting. Exactly. Um, and and BitClub Mining was the other one as well that got uh, a few people got arrested in there. 
and I don't know about where you are, but uh, where I'm where I'm at, it was a very very big thing. Okay, it could just be me. Like I haven't really been on social media in like a week, for example, or it could just be like geographically where I am. But I I wanted to comment. It's it's uh it's disheartening because there are a lot of people um who are not doing well say materially in the world which mm. i personally would like for more people to be doing well materially in the world and so they're desperate for you know money um but like it's not it can't just come for nothing and like most people most people not everyone in the world uh who have who have most people who have money um get it through providing some kind of service to other people right. and they can leverage you know like technology to do it but like you have to do it the, the slow hard way uh not necessarily hard slow and hard way but you have to at some point be giving something to someone else in order right. to like be getting money back from them mm-hmm. so you can't just like expect to do some really quick thing and then not even take the time to educate yourself even if you wanted to give someone your money so that they could invest for you did you take the time to educate yourself just on that person or that right, company right, right. <laughs> like to or, see or the like, concept the concept of what they claim you know they would double your money on like you, you just like you have to do some kind of work and so and on one hand i like i feel sorry for people but on the other hand i'm like at the same time this is a like an issue within yourself that like you need to figure out and like you're just going to keep facing the consequences of not as you would say I'm not going to lie I'm not going to lie I I'm t- I I ran out of um sorry feeling sorry for for people because it's <laughs> like I remember in 2017 I made a video saying hey there was a big connect thing going on I was like you know this is a scam don't do it and then people came and attacked me like severely on my comments. Oh, really? Yeah, and then 4 months later the whole thing collapsed and then they looked at me like Jesus, hey, like, oh, this guy actually knew it. And the same those same people again, they invested in another thing that was similar to that. It's like, yo, man, like you you didn't learn anything. You know, but anyway, getting philosophical. So, do you see the world as a nice little island where everything is nice and beautiful and things are just going to happen? or do you think it's a war zone where you have to be really aggressive to, to win? Ah, uh, neither. <laughs> I think it's somewhere in between and I think you just have the presence of both. Like most people in the world are really good people and then there's like a small percentage of people who in general have bad intentions um and like will create havoc intentionally <clears throat> in some ways. I've heard the theory that they're meant they exist in order to keep the rest of the population on their toes. So mm. there's that and then there's also just people who do have good intentions but their good intentions result in bad things because we're messy as like individuals. So I would say neither like I wouldn't describe the world as either like a aggressive war zone or just like a they call it here Pollyanna ish view of the world where everyone's just nice and you're nice i think that you have to foster elements of uh both and learn to discern um what's who are who are good people and what are good opportunities and when you need to like 
have a have some kind of protection for yourself either like physically mentally emotionally whatever so you just have to learn to navigate like the different pockets that exist mm. very thoughtful view yeah. i think it's very uh yeah you know it's very very nice a very nice way to put it but do you think that you live your life on the defense or in offense type of way uh, I think I would more go for offense just because I think you should be try to be proactive. So I don't know if offense is the right word, but definitely like defense makes it sounds like things happen and then you respond. And I think you should like take stock of your situation, be in touch with yourself, figure out where you want to go and then figure out what the world is like out there and then like chart a path. And like your your past gonna like get all messed up because you can't predict the future, but like you, I think you should be proactive. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, defense sounds kind of a, but look, that's really how it is. It's like you're, you. I think I think there are two classes of people, or at least you can be in two types of mindsets, in which it's either when things happen, you feel sorry for yourself. You think that the things are happening to you right so you're pretty much static and then things happen to you and then you you reactive to things or you're making things happen and then when they happen you acknowledge that uh, uh, this is probably an if uh, a result of your an effect of your action which is kind of the cause and effect concept around it you know so when i think of crypto right now i think that it's a market where you pretty much have to be in offense for you to win because as much as the good people, they're also just as bad people. And there are so many bad people at high levels, you know, controlling some of these protocols or owning little companies. So I think it's, uh, if, if you pay attention to the guys on top of the food chain right now, and the type of thing they do or the deals they make, it, it's to me, it's questionable these days, you know? Just look at um, the likes of Justin, Justin Sun, and all these guys. It's a, it's a cold game. I haven't really been, uh, been following that. Like the last news I heard about that was like the dinner Warren, Warren Buffett. Like I don't really know. I don't really have an opinion on it, except I know that Tron does a lot of uh, marketing. I actually keep going to like searching like what is a tron blockchain and trying to figure out what it is and i just keep forgetting what exactly like the actual <laughs> blockchain is providing um but i'm curious about your opinion on i mean you already said a little bit but could you go a bit further into what justin sun is doing that you think is uh questionable well it's just that these guys are in the and are in here to make money you know just like the guys on the bottom so the way i see it is is that the intensity of the kind of the financial uh, motivation at the bottom of the crypto market is as intense as the guys at the top and then in between you get guys that are really just trying to do good or they believe in the whole story of bitcoin the libertarians and all these other guys so it's just that you know there's a lot more financial interest 
from both sides, top, bottom, but then the guys on top, obviously, they own the things that people have to buy. And with that sense, you know, anything can happen. You, you see even exchanges these days, you know, Binance, they do some questionable things with the type of tokens that they list. Uh, there's, if you trade, I mean, if you're a trader, you would have known how much of this market is controlled by whales which is people with big number of coins. You see 46,000 Bitcoins moving around exchanges. And a lot of these guys are exchange owners. So I just think that as much as people would love to, to believe about what this is all about, and I, I'm also at fault of that. You know, it's like you, you're tempted to think that crypto is better than, there's no politics, you know, everyone is really just doing things. But, you know, it's human flaws that are get exhibited when certain situations are uh, uh, kind of renounced. So I just think everyone should be careful right now. If, what, I like what you say when, when you talked about um, uh, custodian, custodian and custodian wallets. I think, look, when people are going with in a certain direction where they're centralizing themselves for convenience, I think in that kind of situation, I would just go divergence i would just diverge from that pattern and see how the other route could take me because you almost know how the whole centralized exchanges thing will end the exchanges will become banks at least that's what i think yeah yeah i i agree with what i agree with uh pretty much everything you just said um i i my hope at this point for the cryptocurrency space it's not to lock out the people who think differently from me in terms of like being your own bank who care more about convenience like they have access to the technology just as much as anybody else but just to hope that the people who think like me who want more decentralization and self-sovereignty don't get kicked out either you know like it's just like that that both groups can exist even if one is bigger than the other and i think the threat is that the people who want say like all the KYC, so you can't have any privacy or fungibility with coins, or want everything tracked and prefers for everything to be structured, centralized, and just to be a continuation of existing financial structures, except with better underlying technology, that they will try to shut down anything else. Because that's kind of the history of the world. So my hope at this point is just for because cryptocurrency can be um, censorship resistant just by structure for it to like maintain itself even in a small pocket as this idea of self-sovereignty even while all the centralization still goes on within, within the space. So, that's so I, I liked your, 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 your commercial that you did for your project. Oh, uh, which it, one? the I, I don't know which one it was but it was the particle one i think you only have one do you have a few one oh yeah, yeah yeah on my channel yeah yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah yeah it, it gave me yeah. so many ideas of what what i should be i was like ah when i saw it i think it was in 2017 18 or so i was like yeah, yeah. Well, I, should, I should become more creative and do uh um, a lot more fun stuff but i haven't done anything here we go um so what are you spending your time doing these days then? Uh, well, I just finished uh, an MBA in school and I'm looking for work right now. I'm looking, well, I'm in the middle of find, in the middle of onboarding onto short-term work and then looking for longer-term work. 
And then I, all other than that, I maintain my political channel, crypto channel, and I also, I haven't done any in like a month, but I also make art. So that's, that's pretty much my life. Yeah. Okay, so the, you, you don't think the Bitcoins you have are enough to take care of you? Why do you need work? Uh, well, again, that's kind of a personal question because like maybe if how I strategize my life, it doesn't make sense for me to be looking at my cryptocurrency. And I'm pretty sure I'm always going to be working. Like I, I, I don't think I'm ever going to be like, oh, I've made it. I'm just going to stop now. I, I don't really work like that. And what, what, so. are you, what are you interested in working on? Like, what do you want to do? What I do now. What do you want to do? That's really what I want to do. Other than that, like, I want to um, just keep talking about things that interest me, engaging with people in the world, make art both for myself and for other people. Um, that's it. But I like, I like that. I probably, like, it's not work, but I like to teach myself things. So if I have mm -hmm. more free time in the future, I probably teach myself stuff. So when you say you're looking for work, you yeah. mean like uh, art-related projects or like serious corporate gigs? Um, well, serious, it depends. It just like I have a specific goal that I'm working on right now um, that I won't mention and the jobs have to tie properly into that. So it doesn't have to be a serious corporate gig, but it could be. Okay. Cool. Yeah. What is your first language? English. Oh, well, uh, English. Yeah, English. Okay, but you have. I mean, a... in Jamaica they speak, or we speak patois, but it's it's basically it's like a yeah. dialect of English. Right, it's so a dialect it's of English. English. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but so the accent, your accent is kind of patois-ish, so to speak, right? Like your. Yeah, I guess <laughs> it's, it's probably so. I have some Jamaican in there. That is a cool like... accent, by the way. Everybody in the world wants it. Except for I Jamaicans. know everybody says that. <laughs> I can't hear it, so I don't know what people hear. But that makes them like it so much. But yeah, everybody says that. Yeah, I think people <laughs> like patois, like except for Jamaicans. Like everyone just wanna know how to speak it, but it's like. Oh, it's because it's just normal. Jamaicans like patois though. Jamaicans are pretty proud of of uh, the culture in general. It's like okay. a proud, proud country. <laughs> Well, the thing is, I've met a few Jamaicans that try to speak perfect English. Oh, they actually speak perfect English. It's like, yo, it's almost well, like... you have to speak perfect English. <laughs> because, like, I've had the experience where I... Because it, it happens at the beginning. You have the experience where you don't speak perfect English and people don't understand you. So mm. you have to speak perfect English. Like, the, the, so, like you, you're trained socially to do that if you're not among um, other Jamaicans. Ah. It's not. Nobody's trying to do it. It's just like it's trying to understand each other. It just makes sense for you to speak. Survival, right? Eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, I think we can end it here for now. Thank you for your time. Unless there's anything else you want to talk about. 